the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. My name's Mark Isles, and I'm the chief football writer of the Bolton News. It's officially the new season, so strap on your Puma Kings, rub on a bit of wintergreen, and let Operation Championship commence. On this week's pod, an eyeful of Paris, Wanderers new signing under the microscope. To be or not to be, Luke Matheson takes the stage at Bolton. Ian Everts says no other job would tempt him. We suggest a few that might. Add to that a preview of Lincoln City, preview of Barrow, a shed load of headlines, AI Digga Johnson, your emails, and a special new season song from Simon Woods. You've got yourself one hell of a new season podcast. But first, it's time to remind you of the latest subscription offer to the Bolton News. And it's one I think could really set you right for most of the season. £6 for six months, which is a big deal. Or £32 for the entire year. The cheapest annual deal I think I've seen since it started this whole thing. What can you expect? Well, there are more episodes of Stop Press Bolton Wanderers in the 90s, an exclusive podcast just for subscribers. Uh, that's coming up. An exclusive video interviews. Um, a while ago, I also promised there'd be a series on the sensational 70s. Well, it's finally on its way. I've finally pressed the button. Uh, we're teaming up with a few of the Wanderers legends to look through their career in photos hearing some of the stories behind them. That isn't all, though. My Big Match Verdict on a Sunday is only available to subscribers. We've got From the Press Box, where we talk to the experts on the opposition. And there's more in the pipeline, especially as the transfer window draws to a close. Let's not forget as well that subscribers can read as many articles as they like across the whole website, and they don't get pop-up ads. There's an ad-free app for your phone or tablet as well, which means you can download digital copies of the paper reader offers this daily puzzles best of all you are helping to keep this podcast and this newspaper going uh, that is the sales pitch here are the details go to the boltonnews.co.uk backslash subscribe claim six months of subscription for six pounds or 32 pounds for the entire year oh well the season's over we won a trophy that was once called great Fight stronger, stronger than before. Fight 
now a slight gear change as I introduce a man who's just informed me off air that he wants to be known from now on in as X. Here's X. Hi, the logo is above my house right now. Oh, no, it's just fallen off. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully that's not a metaphor for Bolton's in <laughs> upcoming season. Uh, but it's great to be here, Matt. I mean, obviously podcast listeners won't realise, but you've been on holiday. You've had a week off, even though it was our predictions last week. Uh, mm. So how, how was your holiday? You all refreshed ahead of a new season? 100%. Got some fishing done. Uh, got away into Portugal, which I absolutely love, which means absolutely gorgeous food. And it means that I'm now hitting the gym for the next God knows how long. I needed to hit the gym anyway, but I mean, I'm going to hit it even harder now because uh, I have at myself into an oblivion whilst I've been away. So, uh, yeah, could be worse. Could be worse. But I've enjoyed it. Football's back again. That's the important thing. It is, yeah. And um, I know, you know, thanks to everyone who listened to our predictions episode last week. And we were very positive about Bolton. But I've noticed... Weirdly enough, that all the other sort of 1 to 24 prediction YouTube channels, podcasts mm. and all of that, they've also got Bolton quite high, which, as we all know, with Bolton fans, optimism is a, is a very dangerous thing. So I am I'm very looking forward to a new season, very confident, but I am also very worried that come 20 past three on Saturday and it's Bolton nil, Lincoln two, all that optimism will go out the window. Yeah, unbeaten in pre-season. You don't really see that very often at Bolton. I'm not sure it matters in the slightest, and I'll ask you that in a minute. But it, it's that time of year where you get all the predictions and the super computer predictions as well. An email dropped into my inbox just before we started this, and it was for the League One supercomputer, wherever that is. Some acorn electron that's plugged in uh, down south, I bet. But it, it basically said that Bolton are going to finish third behind... Barnsley and Derby apparently so um, well we may as well not bother should we just should we just fast forward to the playoffs yeah you know I mean Barnsley uh, yeah well I don't I, don't it, I mean it could happen there. I mean it's a supercomputer you know we're not supercomputers Henry we're not no I uh, it's you've you've let everyone into a secret here because when Dan posts uh, does a, an article about a supercomputer I thought it was at Bolton News Towers going down to the basement and uh, the supercomputer spitting out a league table, but no, it's it's it, everyone. Everyone gets access to the supercomputer. No, yeah, Dan brought his SNES in. We've been playing Mario Kart. That's what predicts it. That's <laughs> that's the idea. Um, I have no idea what a supercomputer does or how they work that sort of stuff out. They're not usually a million miles off. Um, I tell you what, here's a question then: If the supercomputer's right and Bolton could finish third right here, right now, would you take it? No, <laughs> no, I think, I think, I, you know, this, this optimism, it'll be funny that in March you'll replay that to me when we're 10th and you'll go, will you take third now? But right now, no, we're finishing the top two. You can blame it, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, look, the form, pre I know we've had our ups and downs because before I went away on holiday, there were a few questions being asked about maybe, you know, people weren't scoring enough goals or yada, yada, yada. Um, but since I, since I went away, there's been some encouraging performances. Beat Salford, drew against Everton, had a, a seven-goal thriller against West Brom. It's all looked a little bit more, um, well, it's going swimmingly now, apparently. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? We do this podcast every week, and it seems that every week people's opinions change. Rem yeah. Remember remember a few weeks ago, everyone was saying, well, we're going to struggle this year because we've only signed five players now. Yeah. We've, we've had a, a few more coming, and, and we're going to be world beaters. But... Um, no, I went, well, I went to Salford. Um, I watched Everton and West Brom on uh, the newly farmed Wanderers TV. 
which I've got to say, it's great that Derek's involved in that. It is. Um, yeah, he is. He has become the voice of Bolton Wanderers, so that was good. But um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, to be fair, they didn't concede against Everton. But you know, as we've said before on this podcast, Bolton seemed to each season change their mind. League Two, we were very good defensively. First season in League One, we scored loads but conceded loads. Last year, we didn't score many but didn't concede many. And I think this year is going to be a season where we'll score loads but we may concede a few more than we hope. Hopefully, we can get it right both ends for once and that'll get us to the top of the league. But um, but especially that West Brom game, I can see us scoring loads but maybe conceding a few as well. Well, looking at it from the outside, because I didn't get to see, other than the highlights, didn't get to see a great deal of it. So, it looks like they're scoring goals from midfield again, which was something that didn't happen enough last season. Dempsey, Thomason, uh, Morley, obviously, with his with his late one as well. They, they've all got a couple each in, in pre-season. So, that seems to be seeping through. Yeah, which is good. Um, and I think that is something that we should utilise more. I think... They were when when we think back to last season, there were times where the ball was just being played from right to left ac- mm. across that area, um, and we all know that Morley and Dempsey have a shot on, and Thomason's shown that as well. So um, hopefully they can they can show more of that. But yeah, it's um, I mean with the strikers, they, they scored in the infamous behind closed doors match, which none of us have seen any. Uh, proof that they've scored uh, any videos or anything yet. The the US uh, government are debating it in Senate. I'm told that there there is a there is a <laughs> there is a discussion going on about these apparent circumstances, but no firm evidence has yet been presented. Yeah, they were like, um, shall we shall we reveal aliens are real? No, not quite yet. What else we got? <laughs> shall we show the goals from Bolton Five, Bradford Two? No, well, let's go. Let's just reveal aliens. Yeah, right? stick stick that back down in Roswell, please. Uh, <laughs> put, it in the, put it in the Pennine suite <laughs> <laughs> um, with that horse. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think I. You know, I think the the goals will come for the strikers. I would rather them score non improved Well, one each in pre season, <clears throat> and then uh, and then score it when it comes to it. So we'll wait and see on Saturday, but. Um, no, I think pre-season's been, it's been good. And it, I think for me, this year, we, we would have loved to have gone up last year and that would have been great and we'd be in the championship and it's all exciting. But I think, and they're only friendly, so you can't go too much off them. Uh, and I do believe we will play higher opposition in a cup this year at some point so we can prove it then. But I do think the players looked, apart from the first 10 minutes, they looked quite assured against these higher oppositions. So that bodes well if we get promoted, and uh, yeah, I'm sure the strikers will they'll come good eventually. But it's good, good about the midfielders. Yeah, I think so. I, I, scoring goals from outside the box as well. It looks like there's a bit more confidence there. There's there's going to be teams that are going to drop in and they're going to be sat there in their penalty area, and perhaps the only time you're going to get a chance to shoot is from distance or or set plays and that kind of thing. So that was really where Bolton had to pick up the slack a little bit and and you know, take control of their own destiny a little bit. And they've scored a few now from outside the box. So, you know, it might just be a little handy weapon to have, really. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, Lincoln, I think we'll have a bit more about them than the likes of Burton of this world. But, uh, yeah, Saturday could easily be that, you know, against a team that, let's face it, the majority of teams, possibly apart from maybe Derby, the Portsmouth of this world, will come to our stadium and and play for a point and take a point so Lincoln will be like that so uh, yeah I think as fans though we've got to just be 
a bit patient with it. Hopefully, we won't need to be. We saw last year against Shrewsbury with Sheehan and Dempsey against Cheltenham that when we, you know, when we do have that opportunity and, and we can take it, it can break down stubborn defences. But um, yeah, hopefully, we can do that a bit more because I think we've. Uh, as as much as we can ask for patience from the fans, no doubt if we gets to the 80th minute on Saturday, it's still nil nil. Everyone will be panicking. So if we can get an early goal from 20 yards, it'll, I think it will just calm everyone down. So there we go, early goal, 20 yards. That's all we really need on Saturday for listening, Ian. Mm. Um, yeah, when I mean, Lincoln drew a lot of games last season, I think a lot of that was because they didn't have a great deal up front. They were they were decent uh, at the back and decent in midfield, but not really too much. Uh, too many teeth up front. They've got Tyler Walker this year, I notice, who, um, well, ho- hopefully he plays like he did at Bolton, because quite frankly, I don't, yeah. don't really have much to, to worry about if that is the case, but um, he has done he has done better since then. Um, right, okay, well, we're talking about uh, players that might make a difference. Let's move into headlines and talk about a few that can. Henry has picked out the very best headlines from the Bolton News whilst I've been away. And, uh, I mean, it didn't take you long, did it, Henry? <laughs> it didn't, but there's, there is a few. And uh, the first one being a new signing through the door, Paris Magoma. Mm. Um, so they, he was signed uh, earlier this week, as we speak, on Thursday. Um, and I, for me, you can't. I know you can't really go off a player's best bits because they are his best bits, but of what I've seen of him... I think he can really add something to our midfield and I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's something they haven't got. I think since well, since potentially, I suppose, Dapo left the building, there hasn't really been anybody with the kind of the drive and the, the, the silky skills and that kind of thing. I, I think he's got uh, he's got that about him. Um, he looks uh, he looks to have a decent pedigree. He's been right the way through the, uh, the England system as well. And uh, yeah, I like him. He's, he's definitely got the pedigree. Um, and it, I suggest that it's one of those moves that may get reviewed at the end of the season. Um, I, I know it hasn't been billed like that, but I think most of the ones that Bolton were looking at were ones that have an option at the end of it. So he's he's got a full season now. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like it. It's an, it's, it, it fills a gap. I still think they're a midfielder short, potentially. I'm sure they've got their eyes on that. We're not going to do transfer rumours, gossip consumers this this week because it. Well, basically, I haven't been here, so I've not got too much uh, too much gossip to give you. But um, I like this guy. Is it is it Magoma? It's not Ma- Ma- Magahoma. It's Magoma, isn't it? And I noticed I he's called Edmund similar. Paris, by the way. Yes, I noticed that. Um, I, I prefer Paris to Edmund. I've got to say, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, he, he looks good, and uh, I think you. It, yeah, I thought that when, I mean, let's look, face it, he's 22 from Brentford. Mm. In the Premier League, maybe Brentford come down, they, they could be something uh, where they keep him. But I think in the Premier League, you're not really, if you're 22 and playing for a B team, you're probably not going to get into the first team, especially if you're spending the next year on loan. So it could be something that we, we get in the summer, hopefully going into a championship season. But I think, I yeah, going off his best bits, I think it's what we need, along with Carlos Mendes-Gomez as well. Mm, I think mm. it's that both players are kind of the replacements for Dapo and a bit of technical ability, a bit of <coughs> flair, get themselves out of uh, sticky situations. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing both of them. 
Yeah, Gomez is one of those players that when he's played against Bolton, he's always caught the eye, and I like that. Um, I know he's been on Evo's radar for a bit since his Morecambe days. So, uh, the both of them, they'll just add that little bit of touch of flair. I think maybe one of the criticisms of Bolton's midfield has been ball carrying. Can they? You know, can they? Can they break the lines themselves? Since Dapo left, there hasn't really been anybody. I know and Lundelu maybe was was looking at being in that guy. I still think he's got that in him as well. But um, yeah, Magoma um, and Gomez like it, like it a lot. Let's move on. Yes, in the words of status quo, I like it, I like it, I like it. Um, right, Luke Matheson uh, has signed. He was the the probably the the worst kept trialist secret in the world. <laughs> Um, where we all knew it was happening. Ian Everett then teased it was happening when speaking to BBC the other day, and then it did happen. So he is, he's gone into the B team. Now, we all remember Luke Matheson. We, I think we spoke on a previous episode of the podcast about the, the goal he scored for Rochdale against Man United and uh, that sort of breakthrough season for him. It didn't quite work out at Wolves. But do you think... Um, I mean, we, we spoke about that he's an intelligent lad, I think for me, he's clearly humble enough that he's signed for the B team and not the first team. Do you think he's, uh, he can fast-track himself into Ian Everett's plans? Yeah, I think this is a secret signing number nine, personally. I don't think it will be long. Assuming, and I've not watched this, this lad in action too much over the last uh, sort of 12, 18 months, of course, because he's been kind of hidden away a bit at Wolves. But I think he potentially is in the situation where a lot of the junior whites were when when he never arrived. Young players who had been exposed to first-team football and had had he stayed at Rochdale, he probably would have been on Aaron Morley's course now. He's kind of developed and he's he's got that sort of experience. But because he kind of went from there back into an academy bubble for a couple of seasons, he hasn't got maybe the little bit of nous to, to go and play regularly at the moment. So that's what the B team will be there for. It looks to all intents and purposes that the B team is at, at a better level now. So we should be able to get that, whether or not maybe a loan is, is in, in the plan as well. Um, but either way, it's to the be- benefit of Bolton Wanderers. If they can get him back to the level he was at at Rochdale first, and then progressing from there I don't think it'll be long before you do see him knocking on the first team door and and getting chances because this to me this type of signing is exactly what the B team's about it's about getting lads that have fallen out of grace at Premier League level or higher above and now need that little pick-me-up to to be able to to get their career going again even if that's not a Bolton Um, I hope Matheson is I really do and like you say he has he has got his head screwed on he knows um, he knows he needs that in his career, which is, is quite refreshing, really, because it would be very easy for him to say, hey, you know, I'm a million pound kid. Why am I not playing every week? But he's clearly come here with, with a plan in place. Yeah, exactly. And he, he's, he, you know, I've, I've, again, I've not seen much of him, but he's only 20. And mm. it was, we think, when he was 15, 16, um, when he was, when he uh, got broke into the first team of Rochdale. So really, yeah, if if he you take that away, that breakout season, he's probably on course. Maybe he would have, if he was with us, have played a few games in the first team. But you look at the likes of Max Conway, for example, he'd probably be in the same situation as him on the yep. fringes. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a good signing. I, 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 by all accounts, he's played well in the B team. 
it, I've, I've got to say as well, it's really good to see that the B team is is doing quite well. Um, they beat Everton, didn't they, mm. uh, a few days ago as well. So it looks like the the plan is there. And, you know, I think when you look at this under Sharon Britton, especially, and Ian Everett, the, the sort of how it's all... And I, and I think this adds to the naturally that we favourites to go up, is that when it's all been put together year after year, They've got it right at the right times. So they built the first team squad and then last year was, right, let's build this B team. Mm. They kind of, you know, they, they, it was kind of, let's see what happens last year. A few have gone out, a few have come in. And then this year, you look at that team and you think, okay, there's this. there are players there that, that can come into the first team. But, and this is what you need to do with Bolton. We either sell them on for millions or they come into the first team and then you don't need to make a signing in that position. And the fans love it as well. So I think it's going really well. I think Matheson is is part of that. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's these waves and strays from the the Premier League, and they've come here. And it's I, I think we. I mean, we know how big Bolton Wanderers are. As the chant goes, we are massive. But <laughs> I think we underestimate our pull in League One at this position, where you are looking at the waves and strays. If you get up to the top ends of a Championship, maybe slightly not. But at this point, you can look at them, pick them off and go, right, we'll have you. You're going to play in League One every now and again where there's not as much, um, you know, the quality isn't as good. We're going to have more of the play so you'll get more of the ball. And, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a good fit and I, I like what the B team are doing at the moment. Yeah, and I hope there's uh, a bit more interest in the B team as well in terms of we, we cover it well and we make sure we're there at all the games and such like and, I, I felt a little bit towards the end of last season, it was kind of oh, we're going through the motions a little bit. But I remember when David Lee was in charge a few years ago and you had people like Connor Hall banging the goals in and, and, and some of them became household names. And those those kids built up a good reputation there and they've gone and had, you know, I keep my eye out for a lot of them that played in that team. Um, they, were, they were a great, great group of players. Um, and it's nice when the personalities start coming out of the younger players and it helps build them for a future career as well so yeah I'm, I'm hoping we can uh, we can give the B team a good platform this season keep uh, keep the results coming and, and you know get down there and, and give them a watch as well because it's well worth it I think it's free to season ticket holders when the uh, the games are on round Lostock so go and have a go and have a watch yeah very good uh, right next is uh, back to the first team and we we can't, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, and then it, it went a bit quiet because of his injury. But George Johnston signed a new three-year deal. Take out the fact that he's injured for this season. This again is another good bit of business, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I said a couple of weeks ago that they were they were pretty confident it was going to get done, and that the injury wouldn't necessarily have any big impact on it. Obviously, it's good to get it done for him as well because he's he's got that little bit of security. He knows he can. Um, you know, get his rehabilitation done properly and, and given give himself plenty of time. A bit like Josh Sheehan, it's it's a it's a bad injury. He can't rush back, he's gotta take time. Even when he's ready to train again, it's going to take a little bit of time, a little bit of uh patience. So um to have that security around him. And also Bolton are protecting a big asset here. I don't think there are many players who I think will have the sell-on value of, of George Johnston. And that's being quite cold and, and hard. I understand that. But uh, I think when he's back at his best again, he's one of Bolton's most sellable assets. And I think it's important to, to make sure that, um, 
you know, the numbers are on Bolton's side of that. I just hope he gets back and, and gets through that rehab well. I'm sure he will. He's that kind of that kind of lad. He's extremely diligent, extremely, uh, well, you know, he, he takes his game very, very seriously is what I'll say. But uh, he's um, an interesting lad and I, I look forward to seeing him back on a pitch. Yeah, most of these 1-24 to 24 predictions are going, well, Bolton have got a good team. They've got Santos, they've got Charles, they've got George Johnson. And like, we yeah. don't have yeah. him this season. <laughs> um, but uh, do you think it's going to help the fact it's come at this time of the, se- uh, of the season? Because I, I believe it takes about nine months anyway. So yeah. if we write off this season for him, he can then have a full pre-season, can't he, of getting... Or he can have, before the players come back as a... get you know, you've a bit of fitness back and then start at a similar place to where the others are in pre-season. So ironically, even though he's missing the season, he's, he's, whereas Sheehan was, yeah, it, it was meant he was that. coming back halfway through the season, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because Sheehan wasn't ready to play regularly when everybody expected him to start, if you know what I mean. And so it took a few months, I think it was October, November, by the time that he was physically ready to be playing every week again. And by that point in time, I think we've discussed it on, on there at the time. It's like, well, do you think he's going to get back in? You know, he's got he's in the last year of his contract. Do you think this is it for Josh Sheehan? Do you think he could be moving on in January? Uh, because that's the way football works. You very you very quickly moved out to the margins. If you're not playing football, then you're very quickly disregarded or people ta- start talking about you moving on. Um, nobody waits around. And, you know, that will be the case, I'm sure, for other players this season that don't get in regularly because it's a big old squad now. Um, but with George, yeah, he's got that time, that big pre-season. He can step it up. He, he may even be able to join in properly next summer with, you know, the full squad and feel fully, fully integrated again. And hopefully that's at championship level. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, and it seems like uh, with our next headline that Ian Everett will be there if uh, we are a championship <laughs> level because he was speaking to the BBC the other day he did um, a, a, a full full show with mm. uh, uh, Gaz who's a mate of mine on BBC and uh, Jacko obviously uh, you know anything to do with Bolton Wanderers even if it's at the opening of an envelope Jacko's there um, of course he would be there for the BBC show I, I, I joke but um, no you're right first the, time <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the uh the comment that has done the rounds a bit was, um, well, there were two comments. I'll bring the, the second one up in a moment. But the first one, there's no job that would tempt me away. I mean, as nice yeah. as that is as a fan to hear, I think they would probably be one or two jobs that would tempt him away. What do you think? I, I, I'm absolutely sure of it. <laughs> absolutely sure of it. There. Even in football. Um, even in football. But I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you some jobs that, that might tempt him away. So I looked, I, I googled the best jobs possible, right? So let, you, you tell me whether any of these jobs would tempt you away from doing the Bob Buff podcast, right? So uh, chocolate or beer taster? Well, I could do that while doing the Buff and it will probably make it more entertaining. So uh, <laughs> that's a yes, but I'd still do the Buff. By the way, we are well up for a feature where we t- we taste chocolate or beer. <laughs> that's, that's an absolute given. You can have free advertising for that one. Same same as Ben and Jerry's Flavor Guru. I could more than happily do that. <laughs> um, Lego builder. I reckon that's a job that attempt him away. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I would I would still listen to the buff because I I feel I need something to 
to listen to while I do that, but that'd be an interesting job. Maybe, yeah, maybe you never could be tempted. Maybe I could be tempted with I'm that not one. sure. Let I'm not sure I could do a podcast with you when you're, you're scraping around to the bottom of the barrel to find one of those little two brick things. Yeah. No, no, I'm not having that. Uh, have you seen that set of wheels? <laughs> he says, scraping around. <laughs> um, another job. North, we- uh, North Queensland Tourist Board um, employed somebody a couple of years ago to live on a tropical island and blog about it for six months. Would you manage that? I'd get lonely. I don't think that's a great job. It's it's great for a week or a few a weekend, but not six months. Oh, I could do that. See, see you later. See you later. Yeah. Uh, professional sleeper or luxury bed tester? How about that? Well, um, sleeper maybe not. Bed tester. Well, we'll we'll leave that one. Don't go to the there. Imagination. Don't yeah, go there. Um, well, I am about to become a dad, so that will be... Uh, I don't think I'll get much time to be testing beds after that. But, um, um, yeah, I, I'm not really a napper. I know some people love a nap. I'm not a napper, so, yeah, beds... T- t- being a sleeper wouldn't... Uh, I, I, I think when you take a nap, you miss part of a day. And I, I don't want to sound like Gary Neville and be taking mini retirements by having sleep, but... Uh, <laughs> No, that wouldn't interest me. Would that interest you? I'm not a massive sleeper. I get up, I, I go to bed extremely early and get up extremely early. Um, I'm a right. I'm a farm lad at heart, so uh, no, not wouldn't really interest me. This one, this one might though. Water slide tester. Ah, uh, you see, yeah, I, I do love a water slide. I'm a I'm a big kid at heart. I, I love a water slide. I love a roller coaster. So yeah, that would that would tempt me. And this this final one, I think, if somebody were to offer me it. Tomorrow, I would take it. Professional Netflix watcher. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't find enough time. I don't find as much as I should to watch Netflix. That's because you're working. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. If I if I had a job to do it, I would do it. Yeah, I would be able to watch stuff. I mean, my list is about a mile long. I I need time off to watch my list. So yeah, I would uh, I would love to do that. When I. Uh... I always wanted to work at Blockbuster Video. I mean, it'd be impossible now. There's only, I think there's only one in existence uh, and it's in the middle of America somewhere. But uh, yeah, that was my dream job. Work at a cinema or work at a Blockbuster. It still is, to be honest. I think if they turned around tomorrow and just said, listen, would you like this job? I think I'd take it. I think I'd take it. People would just be looking at Twitter in the morning thinking, where's where's Mark Isles gone? I'm sure he said he was back from holiday. And I'd be just Uh sat there dishing out ice cream and... uh, and uh, clipping people's tickets because I assume that's what people still do at the cinema. Um, right, yeah. I mean, do we believe in, uh, if United? If, <laughs> what a segue! I know it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> you know, if, if United call, if United call, say Ian, listen, Eric Ten Hag's not working out. Listen, we'd like you to come along, of course. But I mean, ultimately, the career path isn't like that anymore for managers. I don't think you get many managers in League One. I think if if Ian ever is at the top of the Championship next season. Then we start having that discussion about big clubs like that. At the minute, at the minute, what type of club is going to turn around to Ian Everton and say, "Okay, well, we, you know, maybe a Southampton-sized club or a, yeah, yeah. a Leicester-sized club." Mate, well, Leicester's even Leicester's quite big, but yeah, I just don't think anything is likely to take the plunge that's going to tempt him away at the moment. But if he does oh. well next season, different story. Yeah, I think. Um... I think with Ian Ebert, there's a lot of people understand he's done a great job, but I think there is still that element of a lot of clubs thinking, well, he's not done it in the championship yet. Yeah. Um, but I think 
you know, I'm looking at with rose tinted specs, of course, but I think when you look at the the journey Bolton are on, and I know it's a cliche saying all oh, the clubs on a journey because we all know we could be bottom at Christmas and then he's he could be out the door. But um, I think that it, so we're favourites to go up. Say we are in the top two come Christmas. Mm. And you've got a championship club calling. Unless that championship club are about to get promoted or have a chance of getting promoted, which I don't think a club with that is going to come free and ever. I don't see the point because you, if it goes wrong, and let's remember as well that Bolton and Barrow, it took a half a season for Ian Ebert's style of play to actually come right, yep. which you don't have if you move to a club halfway through the season. But if he goes to the championship, if he goes wrong, he's, he's out of a job anyway and looking at jobs in League One. Or he's Bolton get promoted and he's just in the same position. So I don't see why, unless it is for a club like a Southampton or a Leicester, I don't see why he would go or he has a fallout with Sharon Britton. Because uh, even if we don't get promoted this year, as disappointing as it will be, he still has enough credit in the bank for me to, to give it another go. Um, so, yeah, I, I get what he's saying with that. But also, I, I do think, should water slide tester come in, uh, I think he'd be off. But, Genuinely. Um, yeah, the uh, I I'm not going to try and seg into this because, like you just there, I'm just going to say it straight away. But um, the second, I guess, the second quote that he he said that interested me was about Declan John. He got asked about oh, yeah. Declan John uh, and what's happening with him because he's no longer number three and he's he's not really been playing in preseason. Now Ian Everett said, like with any player, it was a bit of a diplomatic answer, but I'm surprised he did answer it to be honest. Um, he said to any player, if you're not playing well, basically, if you're not getting him a team. And uh, do, I think, what do you think about Declan John? Because it's it's fascinating for me that he seems to go on this cycle of being out of the team. It's as if he's not in Ian Everts' plans long term, but then he'll just manage to get in the team because of an injury and he'll start playing well. Like last year, he ended the season, you know, he's, whereas he, he didn't play for half of it. He seems to do enough to stay in the team. And then there's moments like, uh, the Salford friendly where he just goes missing and you wonder whether he's actually bothered yeah I, I I do fear for his future to be truthful because he has been like you say dangling on that precipice for quite quite a time and it seems like he never wants different things from his wing backs now and whatever deck isn't doing you know it, it, it just isn't doing I think he's defensively all the way through I think when when teams get physical and, and when teams start launching, you know, high balls up that that way, I think he can sometimes be lacking. We have had spells where that criticism has looked a bit sort of wasteful because I think he's he's had good times, good spells of form in a Bolton shirt where he's defended very well. I think towards the end of last season, he was playing quite well. Um but do they happen all the time? No, and it's probably that inconsistency that, that drives people mad, maybe. Um, I don't know whether training or anything off the pitch is any, you know, in terms of the way he applies himself in training, I don't mean any fallouts. I mean, that's what Ian ever looks for above anything else, is how you're training. Um, so maybe he's just not doing something tactically that, that he wanted um, from in this summer. But I, I do see a a way out again you know just as i did at christmas just as i did the previous summer we we all looked and said well maybe 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 again i think if the right the right one comes along 
the shirt number move doesn't worry me. I'm not particularly interested in that. That that really doesn't worry anybody. But the fact he's in his final year of his contract, the fact he he was on a decent wage when he came in, um, it's probably not as decent now because Bolton have evolved as a as a club. But I, uh, you know, as a as a third or fourth choice left wing back as it currently stands, I think it it would stand to reason that he would want more football than that and and keep his uh, keep his career going because he doesn't want to stagnate he stagnated at um at Swansea before he, he arrived at Bolton Bolton got him going again and he wants to try and keep that momentum up I should imagine yeah I think when you look at him um probably sadly the, the two at the moment that are kind of in the shadows a little bit and you wouldn't mm. be surprised if they went ironically both Playing at the moment in sort of full back position, wing back positions, which we so I think when Ian Everett says there's one or two players still to come in, I think that's the areas he'll probably look. But um, 21 yeah, shirts I, I, still available, by the way. Well, he's uh, we'll wait and see, but it's uh, <laughs> it's um, yeah, I, I just think with Declan Johnny's, I, I mean, same with Sadly, they're both good League One players, in my opinion. Whether they can do it at the top end of League One, I'm not quite sure. But, um, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think it's probably got to the point now where I can see a, a, another player coming in his position as cover and then that's it and he'll, he'll go. And mm. I think Declan John has, he's been a, a good servant to Bolton. I think he's, he's, he's done well in the, you know, he's one of the, League two January signings that yeah. you know changed the team. So I think he should always be well remembered with Bolton. But I think as we progressed up the league, then now being at the top end of League One, you do think, well, is Declan John going to be one of the players that can get into the championship? Possibly not. So yeah, we'll await and see. But saying that, it would not surprise me one bit if we get an injury uh, mid August or at the end of August in that position and. Um, He's uh, he, only he there again. Dacky, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's right to play. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, he's he's got he's got plenty of knives. Uh, knives, knives like a cat. Imagine a cat with knives, but uh, your lives like a cat. Um, <laughs> some sort of superhero. Uh, yeah, uh, he does seem to have nine lives. Um, but I think him and sadly, uh, people. I mean, and they're very popular players, and I can see why because they're great to watch. But the, unfortunately, tactically, you can't you can't just play a different formation to try and include one player unless they're will unless you're building a team around a Messi or something. Yeah. And with due respect to both players, you know it would be it'd be folly to, to try and build a team or alter your uh, approach to try and get them in a team. So I think unfortunately they they've just kind of been edged to the periphery because of that, and uh, you know they've been given the option to to change and to, to, to mould their own game into what Ian Everett wants and so far it hasn't happened. Both both decent lads though. I yeah I would be I would be sorry to see both go if they did. Yeah, me too. Uh right, the next headline, the EFL are gonna crack down on time wasting. Um I, I saw I can't remember who it was, so apologies, but if they're listening, shouts out to you, somebody which made me chuckle put on uh, Twitter or X or whatever you call it now. Um that the Burton game will not end. The Burton game is never going to end. We're just going to be in this continuous cycle of stoppage time now. But, um, I mean, the EFL come out at the start of every season and, and you know, they say something. They make a change in the law mm. somewhere and it happens for 
six weeks and then we go back to what it was before but um if this is an ongoing thing is this this could be good for bolton couldn't it because we we've seen quite a few teams come to the the tough sheet and waste time exactly and, and we've seen the the whole towel thing as well that's been vanquished so there are a few little rules here that are counting theoretically in bolton's favor and and, and i'm i'm a hundred percent behind the time wasting thing uh but Unfortunately, it doesn't. Even if you do time waste, it doesn't always work in your favour. I, I was watching the the world one of the world women's World Cup games the other day. Um, it was the Colombia game against Germany, and they'd been leading one nil up to about eighty minutes, and suddenly, you know, they started to to drop back. They were kicking at everything. They were wasting time. They were conceding free kicks. And I, I turned around to my brother-in-law who was watching the game with us. Said, "They're going to concede a goal here." Guaranteed they're going to concede a goal. But they wasted so much time. And it was right at the end the Germans got a penalty. It was 1-1. And then up came the board. It was 10 plus minutes of injury time. And suddenly they had time to get back and score a winning goal. And so it adds all these weird dimensions. I don't think necessarily just adding the time on does necessarily always suit what's happening. It's it's kind of it's interrupting flow more than anything else and, and that's something that Bolton is still going to have to deal with. Burton aren't just going to stop or Burton and teams like Burton aren't just going to stop and say well listen we don't want to waste any time so you guys just pass amongst yourselves. Yeah. They're going to try and interrupt flow. Teams have done that since God knows when. That's that's how that's how uh, you know Wimbledon beat Liverpool at Wembley in, in 88. You disrupt the flow of the play and try and capitalise on the stuff that you're good at. Um, the time wasting means it's going to be a nightmare for us journalists who are going to end up with like 20 minutes less on the deadlines after a final whistle. But I don't think it's going to necessarily mean that it's going to be, you know, jelly and ice cream for uh, for Bolton. No, I mean, I mean, last year there were times against Burton as well that it, it was. We, we seem to have a period where we would just find a way and get a late winner. But yeah. I get what you're saying there. And there is that caveat as well is that Bolton could, you know, be one 0 down to Burton. They're wasting time. Suddenly, so twelve minutes of injury time comes up. Bolton score two, but then Burton equalise in the twelfth minute. And then, <laughs> really, the irony is, is that all that time wasting has has paid off for them. So, maybe they should introduce something of a, I don't know. Each team has a stoppage time, and if they're winning, then it goes to their stoppage mm. time uh, mm. rather than the other. I mean, there's all sorts of issues with that, so that is never going to happen. But you know, maybe that would be fairer. Um, right, one of the most interesting headlines, and uh, it's a shame that James Trafford has moved on with this, is that Wanderers <laughs> are getting City's goalposts. What can you tell us about this? Well, this is a great one. This is a great one. Uh, yes, Bolton have new goalposts, and their former owners happened to win the Champions League, the Premier League, and the FA Cup last season. So um, Erling Haaland knows them well. Two sets of posts worth about, what, 11 grand each with VAT, which isn't too bad. Um, and hopefully, you know, that kind of rubs off, the, the good luck rubs off on Bolton. Somebody tweeted me earlier to say that the last team that got City's posts were uh, CMB, Tumor Brook. Uh, so it's not necessarily a, a glamour thing. <laughs> it's not necessarily a glamour thing. Uh, but Bolton must have had their uh, name in the hat. I think they've got a few um, ex ground staff that are working at City and vice versa so I think there's, there's a few uh, strings that have been pulled but um, I'm quite happy with that I don't know about you I, I like the idea of having uh, trouble winning goals and, and the good juju that comes with it yeah um, 
I, I, it could be a, you know, like Moen McAteer signed for Marine and we give him a, a, a ball, a bag of balls, you know, like maybe <laughs> this is kind of took some of our ground staff or maybe a thank you for, um, you know, James Trafford making him 19 million or whatever it was. So, well, it's a good uh, shout, actually. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. It could well be. Could well be. Yeah. So uh, I will have to... You'll have to get on the pitch, Mark, and see if James Trafford has signed one of them as a as a thank you. <laughs> Traff was here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Traff was here. No, no, Traff was here. Ball wasn't here. <laughs> oh, you have one of those love hearts with, like, James Trafford and Connor Bradley. <laughs> like, <laughs> the arrow <laughs> yeah. shooting through it like an old tree. Could happen. Oh, just... Just imagine if Bradley uh, plays for Liverpool this year and then they play against each other, there'll be Bolton Twitter will just that that photo yeah. where they're hugging each other before uh, after the game. That photo will just that'll go viral amongst Bolton fans. <laughs> Bless him. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm, unfortunately, then they're not going to be loaning Haaland out. That's the that's the main problem. I would have yeah. well, quite we'll quite fancied him. Yeah, just yeah. the goalposts don't need Haaland anyway. Any more? Uh, um, yeah, the final headline is Owen Toll is on his way back, which is very good news. Uh, Jack Idale missed the friendlies because of mm. injury. Can you? Is he going to make it for Saturday? What can you tell us about them? Uh, touch and go at the minute. It's groin strain, isn't it? Uh, it's only a minor one. It's not anything that's going to keep him out for a long time. But as we sit here on Thursday morning, I'm waiting to speak to Ian Everett for an update on Idale. So I'll be able to bring that. Keep your eye out on uh, the Bolton News website for that injury stuff. But uh, good to see Tolley on his way back and the fact that he's fully clear of that ankle injury for the first time since April. Uh, thanks, Sam Cosgrove, once again for that one. Uh, but he's going to be big this season for me. I think it's a great, it's a really big season for Owen Toll. I can see him being a regular starter once he gets back and really kind of moving on and, and establishing himself not only at club level but also getting his first caps for Northern Ireland as well so uh, really looking forward to seeing him yeah I mean, Owen Toll is you know he was one of the breakthrough stars of last season he, he played very well um, he made that position his own and it yeah. was just a shame that the, the injury in the final had ruined that so hopefully he can get back to you know it was nice that he, he was able, able to play a part of last season uh, at the very end but um yeah it's i mean as the way it panned out it was probably ironically it was probably for the best he didn't take part in it uh, but we we were walking wounded at the back anyway but um yeah it's uh, if he's got himself fit he, yeah he may miss the first few weeks but i think a, a fit, fully fit Owen Toll for the rest of the season is going to be great um yeah and ideal i think ideal's done quite well in pre-season so it'll be a bit of a miss but i'm sure you know, like same with Bod Varson, I'm sure when they come back in some point in August, um, it'll be really for the benefit of us. Was that the doorbell? It's the postman. Is that Philip Moresh? Yes, your emails. I've not done this for a couple of weeks. Oh, my, my segueing ability really is, uh, is, is lacking today a bit. But uh, <laughs> anyway, let, uh, your emails, you send them to us. We read them out um, as long as they're not too long or wordy or uh, as long as they're not too abusive. Um, as was the case with the couple I got on my way back from holiday, which was lovely. Thank you for those two. Um, but anyway... Uh, 
Hi, Mark and Henry says, scroll down, Neil. Um, ticket pricing is out and there's some interest in economies to gain, be gained on season ticket pricing against match day pricing. Um, I haven't run the numbers specifically, but to uh, you save around 40% on a season ticket as opposed to paying to attend each game, which is quite a big saving. Um, also, streaming service have been mentioned at £10 per match, which continues the iFollow model. Where is the option, though, for a streaming season ticket or other bulk purchase that would be to mirror the physical incentive to commit we have for season tickets? Seems we're missing a small but significant segment of the market to those who would want to stream the majority of Bolton matches who, for reasons of location and or limited availability, it doesn't suit them to attend in person. If you end up paying to stream each home game with all the cup games, it's around £300. And this is more than some have paid for a physical season ticket. Um, moreover, the club is missing out on revenue due to illegal streaming. A cost-effective cost streaming season ticket could help bring in some revenue back to the club. Um, are Bolton missing out on a streaming season ticket, you think? It's a good point, and you've, you've got to say, yeah, they are. I, I think maybe maybe because, I, I, I mean, international, I think international uh, viewers... They can, can, can't they? Yeah, I think they can. Um but I think because they're here in the UK, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It may be a difficult one. It's it's because you've got to factor in as well that obviously no Saturday three o'clock games can be viewed. So you'd, you'd have mm. this, you'd have a, a commentary, um, maybe a commentary season ticket for for that as part of it. If games get postponed on the Saturdays, then I I, I think when they then get replayed on Tuesday, you can watch them. So they maybe you can. You know, you might be paying a cut price, um, you know, a cut price amount for your season ticket. But then, when you add it up at the end of a season, you might be getting two or three games for free. When so the club might feel they're missing out on that. Yeah, it's an interesting one. But I mean, unfortunately, because of the the Sky Sports deal kicking in next year, and and the club I've said with, uh, you know, with Wanderers, uh, Wanderers TV, that I think it's really far this year that yeah. they're doing the. So I, you know, it's probably the boat's probably passed on that. But if it's something that gets introduced in the future where uh, streaming, the club streaming matches runs alongside the um, uh, what Sky Sports are doing, then yes, the streaming season ticket could be, I think it could be something that could be introduced. I think it will in the future. In the future, there'll be a, an option to do this sort of thing. But I think there's a lot of unknowns as to how it's going to happen next season, how it'll be affected. If Bolton are in the championship, then... Oh, you know, all hell breaks loose, really, because there's going to be games everywhere um, with the new Sky deal as it is. Um, and a lot of games are going to be pulled off the what would have been the season ticket if you had one. So, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those where they've uh, they've introduced Wanderers TV as a, as a good stopgap. It's worth your 10 quid um, to listen to Derek Clark. And uh, and you would tell me, Henry, about um, maybe a, an ex-player as well. Is that something that the club have, have talked about? Yeah, I read into the, the in the report the club did where they announced Derek Clark. They also said that the idea is to announce get... Derek Clark. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, you know the I, I was waiting for Derek to be amongst the blue smoke in the changing room, but it wasn't quite. I'd have turned it green I... just to pee him off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'd be seeing Derek Clark again if that was the case. But um, yeah, it was they announced when the announcement. They kind of, they, I think they, they said at the same time they've they've. Uh, done an agreement with a former players association that uh, a former player will come on and be called, uh, you know, be summariser. Mm. So 
if that's the case, I'm looking forward to seeing who they get. I, I the first time I watch it will be I don't even know when it when it, a Tuesday match that I'm not there, so uh, I might have to wait a while. But um, but yeah, that's that's I mean that's good. I think for me with a club, you know, to say that we've had so many great players and not only under the Big Sam days, you're talking the Bruce Riot days, even the Phil Neal days. You know, we've had. Mm. A, great players and fans favorites and sometimes you do wonder well what are they doing now and what are the club should the club reach out more to these players from the past so it's nice to see that they're doing that and mm. we'll wait and see who kicks it off on saturday whether anyone does it it might be it might be something that was an idea but never actually happens so um yeah if, if that is the case i'm looking forward to hearing them I always, I always like to see the ex-players up in the press box and, and catch up with a few, few people we've had uh, people like nicky hunt um, Gaz uh, Farrelly. Uh, I'm just trying to think who else has been doing it uh, recently uh, for for people like Jack and such like. But yeah, it's it's always good when when you get a little natter and find out what people are doing. Um, the the big problem is, and and it always has been the problem is that I don't know why, but the the ex player culture at Bolton has never really taken off a lot. You go to some clubs. And obviously the Liverpools and Everton's of, of this world, uh, you go to the games and you can't move for ex players. You turn around and say, "Oh, that's that's so and so. Oh, that's so and so." And and they're always invited back, and they have this kind of big, like family kind of. And it's never really been like that at Bolton, and they do you know, hospitality wise. Uh, it has improved and, and they've invited lots of ex-players back and I know John McGinley is involved in the former Players Association that seems to be picking up again and I'm really really pleased for that um, people like Albert Lord have done loads of work down the years thankless work um, Ian Seddon uh, uh, Peter Nick people like that who've, who've kept that going through some really really tough times Gaz Henshaw people like that um, and, and and you know they, they keep as many as they can in the kind of the circle, but it would be lovely to see some people on match day and get the old golden gamble draw thing going again. And, and, you know, having a, a chat with the people in hospitality, doing a bit of commentary for the, for the club as well. Um, it just helps. And, and I, I'm sure that it helps the product uh, from a fan's point of view. If you've got somebody, you know, chatting away and, and, and knowing what they're talking about. Um, that's the important thing. Somebody that's, uh, somebody that's played the game and and, and can tell you a few stories uh, at halftime as well. It's, uh, I, you know, I, I'm 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 big into my uh, I'm big into my commentaries uh, and, and big into my co-commentators in particular. And I, it's an art form. Um, people don't really uh, people don't really give it the. It's a really hard job to do if you've ever tried it. Um, you know, leaving the commentator to do his job and to explain the game, but. But to be able to interject and say the right things at the right length is the important thing. And uh, yeah. it'd be interesting to see how they get along. It will. And fun fact about Albert Lord, he was my PE teacher at school. Is that right? It was, yeah. Is I that an AI-generated fact? Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know he was a Bolton fan, though. But um, is, is the AI-generated fact, is that a... Uh, um, is that a... a have you got your segues back into the next feature? I should do, but there's more emails, so um, yeah, oh. <laughs> I, I might have to <laughs> just cut that and then paste it towards the bottom of uh, of this one. I've got one more. For them. I'm going to skip past that email, but I'm going to go to the last one, which is from 
Oh, God, come on. Uh, Rob, there we go. Uh, quick email from Rob, who's been on the lockout for former Bolt Wanderers players who've been on the move this summer, and he's come up with a starting 11. You know how much I like my uh, my starting 11s. So these are Bolton players that have moved on this summer, 1-11. to 11. Uh, In goal, James Trafford to Burnley. Right back, Peter Chioso to Peterborough. Centre-half, Chris Stokes to Morecambe. Other centre-half, Sam Lavelle to Carlisle. Left back, playing out of position, Hayden White for Ebbsfleet United. Uh, three midfielders, MJ Williams, MK Dons, Jason Lowe to Port Vale, Ethan Hamilton to Lincoln. Three up front, Rodrigo to Al Rayan. Uh, Ellis Kachunga to Cambridge United, which surprised me, I must admit. Um, and Adam LaFondra to Hibs. On the bench, Keshi Anderson to Birmingham, Ronan Darcy to Crawley, Jamie Proctor to Barrow, Lucas Jensen to Lincoln, Amadou Bakayoko to Dundee, Ryan Delaney to Newport, and Connor Wilkinson to Motherwell. How the hell has Connor Wilkinson got moved to Motherwell? Yeah. Um, Keshi Anderson to Birmingham. I didn't know that had happened. Um, yeah, I think that was very good. All I'd say about that is I don't think it should include players that we sold. But he's got enough on the bench to fill Williams and Kachunga, so uh, oh, I, that's, for stu- that's still very good. But um, uh, Rob, if you've yeah. got any, if you've got a response email to that, then please direct it straight uh, to <laughs> Henry on X, please. Um. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, right. But, okay. Yeah, Go on. Good. I was going to say, very good. If anyone else wants to do a, a 1 to 11 based on, on something else or even a Wanderers that have moved, if you can do better, then uh, yeah, get in touch because I'm like you, Mark. I love them 1 to 11s that people do. And here's how to get in touch. So you want to bring something up on the buff? Email Mark and Henry on the buff mail at gmail.com. That's T H E B U F M A I L, all one word, at gmail.com. And Sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. There's a segue for you. Right, fancy some AI trivia. AI Edward Johnson. Everybody's talking about AI. Um, well, everybody, everybody, literally everybody, uh, especially um, on the BBC at the minute. I can't turn on a news report without them talking about AI, uh, as if we're all fearful that they're going to be taking over our jobs very soon. Uh, but how good is it at football trivia? I hear you ask. The other week, I brought you three quirky AI-generated facts from uh, was it ChatGPT um, on Yossi Askelainen. And this week, we've got a jingle. So, by God, I'm going to drive this feature into the ground. Um, are you ready to hear three AI facts about Ian Marshall? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> See, I picked Ian Marshall because, really, you have no idea what he's done and what he's not done. He could have done anything, really. He could have. The one thing I know he's done was that when he said that he'd put his, uh, <laughs> was it his, uh, his tracker that Big yeah. Sam gave him on his dog. That's right. And Big, That's right. Big Sam was worried he was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> uh, yes. And and if you've ever spoken to Marshy, uh, that is one of the milder things that he did during his time at Bolton Wanderers. Um, right. Okay. Here's three, three, three facts. Facts. Fact number one. 
Uh, before committing himself to full-time football with Everton, Ian Marshall was on the books as a cricketer with Lancashire and played several times for their second X1. It's believable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay, fact number two. Ian Marshall made history by achieving the rare feat in English football of making his debut for both Oldham Athletic and Manchester United on the same day. He started the day by playing for Oldham in a league match and then later the same day made his debut for United in another league match, making him one of the few players to represent two different clubs in the same day. Um, I think that's a bit Sens- ropey. Sensing one. some doubt in there. Okay, uh, the third one. Um, Ian Marshall earned a curious distinction in English football history by becoming the answer to the popular pub quiz question. I can't even say that, pub quiz question. Um, Who is the only player to have scored in both the FA Cup final and the Premier League despite never being capped for his country? So there's three facts. How many of them would you say is correct? Um, Now, I mean, I'm guessing Ian Marshall, I'm trying to think, did he ever score in an FA Cup final? Well, you're asking me, the guy that's got the answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. I think the first one was true. I think the Lancashire cricket uh, second eleven was true. The other two, though, I think having his debut for Oldham and Man United on the same day, and then the FA Cup and the Premier League one, I don't think it's true. Just because, I, I mean, chances are, well, it was definitely Ian Marshall would have definitely scored before I was watching football. So that was the mid '90s. But then I, I'm trying to think back at the. Who won the FA Cup over oh, the late 80s? I, I don't know whether he would have scored. So, yeah, I think the first one's true and the other two are false. So, I asked ChatGPT to come up with three quirky facts about Ian Marshall. Um, the first one about cricket. He never played cricket. Uh, he's never played for Lancashire in his life, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, that's wrong. Um, Ian Marshall has never played for Manchester United, let alone playing, making his debut on the same day after a game at Oldham, which is preposterous. Um, so that one's wrong. And the third one, he's never scored in the FA Cup final. Scored in the League Cup semi-final once, uh, but that's it really. Um, and he's certainly never been capped for his country. So they were all wrong. Uh, so AI really is rubbish, is, is the bottom well. line. Here I, I'm putting my trust in AI, and I know that we shouldn't do. It's going to consume us all. We'll all be out of work. The AI buff will start when uh, the Bolton News want to, well, no point cutting back on me. I don't get paid, but we'll cut back on you, and everything's done AI, and you've, you've, they just take our voice from what they've done, we've done every week and put together a, a podcast. But, uh, yeah, we should not trust AI anyway. Um, not on football it's, it's, trivia. Not on football trivia, no. Maybe it's good for some things, but not for football trivia. Right, we're going to try some more AI next week uh, and put Henry to the test. I, I might try something different. I'm going to ask him to just come up with 10 Bolton Wanderers questions and see if there's anything, um, see if they can get anything right. Be lovely. Right, let's bring back prediction time. Pass us my crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction time. Yes, because we've got a game. We've got two games to predict effectively. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we won't beat around the bush. Let's do our predictions. Bolton kick off their season against Lincoln City, a team that drew about a hundred million games last season, and a, a team that, by the way, some of these EFL experts that I love so dearly are predicting will be playoff material this season. They're the dark horses in many people's eyes. Are they? potentially being overlooked a little bit from Bolton perspective? Well, we do know famously that 
the team Bolton plays on the first game of the season tend to have a good season normally. Mm. Uh, and we, when the fixtures came out, we kind of joked about that with Lincoln. But uh, maybe you know, maybe they that is going to live on. Um, I yeah, I think they. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that much about them. I know they've signed Ethan Hamilton this week, and he's yeah. he's a good player for this level. Right. He proved that against Accrington, so well for Accrington. But yeah, um, I, I think really with with uh, you know with Bolton, it's it's a good start. You want to be at home. You don't want to be facing one of the teams that are expected to be at the very top. Um, and I, 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 you could argue, but do you really want to be facing a team that's going to be at the bottom as well? Who we're going to camp in? Maybe Lincoln will offer a bit more, but. Um, I, I think we'll we will get the win. I, I, you know, I know I joked before about if it's nil two after twenty minutes, but I think Bolton fans this year have, we've got a we have got, I don't want to get on my high horse, but we have got a big responsibility because you we are favourites and we are at least one of the two favourites. And you, as you, we all know, you don't win every game, so there will be the odd week where Bolton lose at Burton or at Stevenage or whatever. And I think it's important to treat it as context like if we draw on saturday it's not the end of the world mm, mm. it's just one game out of 46 um so yeah i, I do think we'll win but if, if, okay we're three no down after 10 minutes yeah people can get a bit upset about that but again even if we lose it's one game out of 46 so i think bolton will win i think it'll be similar to last year where we get a goal in the first half and then finish it in the second half and win two now 2-0. So, you're starting... Uh, uh, just for the record, I'm going to go 1-0 Bolton. Uh, an Aaron Morley free kick. Uh, that's that's how I'm going to go. What's your starting 11 based on pre-season? Um, well, it'll be backstring goal. Um, and then... I, I think it'll be just... Because he's, he's kind of picked similar teams the last two... Mm. friendly games I think that says a lot I think up front you're looking at Charles and Adibiejo personally mm. um, defence you know the wing backs will be Williams and Dacus Cogley I think they they will work well together on each flank um, yeah in the, the defence it will be Jones Santos and then I mean, Ashworth be, or Ash Forrester yeah I think he'll go for I think he'll go for Forrester. Mm. I think Ashworth has played the last two weeks, but I think just as a... Forrester's more experienced. I think he'll go with a bit more with the experience, so I'll go with Forrester. Um, and then midfield will be... I don't think he'll pick Magatomay just yet. I think it'll be Morley. I think it'll be Morley, Dempsey and Thomason. I think Thomason's mm. done enough in pre-season to... To show, and then we've got Sheehan to come off the bench. McComa, I think Mendes Gomez will come off the bench. Uh, we've got good players to come off the bench if we need it. So uh, yeah, there's that's my eleven. What do you think? I don't think you're far off. I don't think you're far off at all. Um, I think the big one is Thomason for me. Pre-season, certainly before I went away, he'd been the outstanding player. I, I I'm going to reserve judgment for the other games. I haven't seen them properly, but I I will be interested to see whether that's enough for him to cement. Whether that three that you've mentioned there is is attack minded enough for a home game, having you know George sitting in and having a couple push forward, it'd be interesting. Magoma's the one that I I can't honestly say because I don't know where he's up to in terms of fitness. 
I suggest he probably would be on the bench from the from the start because he's not really had any any time to settle in. But uh, he'd be the one that would potentially disrupt that if you if you're looking for somebody pushing further on. Dempsey's exciting me. I think he's played well as well. He's uh, he, I think this is going to be a big season for him. I, I might change my mind actually and go to uh, to two nil and have Dempsey get on the score sheet as well. But um, the the one that the other one that's interesting is is that they've got the Barrow Cup game. A couple of game, a couple of days later, and they can virtually field a different team, can't they? They can virtually put, other than maybe right wing back, which you maybe put Kieran Sadley as a, like an auxiliary type of right wing back, but you can virtually name an entirely different side, and it still looks pretty good. Yeah, I I think that's where we are as a squad right now. I think you've you know you could name players in other positions, even the likes of Declan John and Sadley could come in on the wings, mm. um, wing backs. And putting a good performance. I mean, Barrow are a half decent team. We played them in the Papa John's last. Uh, sorry, yeah, the Papa John's last year, and only just beat them. So, um, yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think we will see changes in that one because let's face it, Bolton should win that game. Um, and even if you look at change, you know, you put Coleman in goal. Maybe I think the goalkeeping is an interesting one because we saw Baxter make a mistake against West Brom. I think as well with Baxter, we need to be patient with him because I think, don't get me wrong, I would rather him make mistakes in pre-season friendlies rather than in full matches. But I think if if on Saturday the pass goes astray, even if it doesn't end up in a goal, if the fans start to get a bit nervous when he's getting the ball, that I think we underestimate what they can hear on the sense on the pitch. Mm. And... Um, you know, the way Bolton play, we were very lucky with Trafford that he, he never really gave the ball away that much. Baxter, he's, he hasn't played for us before. He's been asked to be playing this, this new role. So I think let's try and give him the benefit of a doubt. I think he's a good shot stopper as well, so that should be fine. If he started letting some through his fingers, then that's an issue. But um, but I think, yeah, in goal against Barrow, he may have Coleman in. He may decide, right, I want Baxter to get used to it. But yeah, you look at each position and think, okay, maybe the centre defence might be an issue slightly at the moment if Toll's not fit. But every other and, position. And Iadell, going, going back to your yeah. team, going back to your team there against uh, against Lincoln. If Iadell's fit, does he go on that left hand side of the defence, or do you, do you, and save Forrester or save Ashworth for the Tuesday night? Yeah, um, yeah. If he's fit, I would pick Iadell just because I, I think. The start of a season, you tend to notice amongst teams that they, they have players that are used to that that uh, the positions, used to how we play. If you look at the team that started against Ipswich last year compared to the team that ended the season, there were probably quite a few names that that you know didn't get a, much of a sniff afterwards, or mm. they, they were mainly coming off the bench. So, yeah, I think if Idel's fit, he plays, and then you you stick those lads in, um, you know, in the in the game against Barrow, but the game against Barrow might be uh, it might be quite a fun game because if if he's not starting the likes of Mendes, Gomez, uh, Macoma against Lincoln, he should really start them against Barrow. Yeah. In which case, you've got you know these flair players playing, and Lundaloo should be up front, um, you know, with maybe Jerome. So it, it could be a, a new team that is, uh, you know, we we could we could I, I don't want to be too optimistic, but it could mean we could win about. Six or seven, well, six, 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 five. We'll win six five against. Six, we're gonna win six five. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna hold you to that prediction there, Henry. But I think it will be entertaining. 
Um, and it would be nice to get through. I, you know, we keep on saying about cup runs, and it would just be nice to get through to the next round, get that higher level opponent, and test ourselves a little bit as well. Because uh, it's been a while, and I know we got Villa last uh, last season, um, but I just feel like they're due a bit of a cup run, and uh, yeah, particularly the FA Cup. Ian Everett's got that monkey to get off his back, but I think it, the League Cup is a, is a very uh, and it's very easy easy. It is an easy draw. If you can't beat Barrow at home, B team or not, it's an easy draw. I don't care. Yeah, I'm my, saying it. My predictions for the cup this year, we we will get Man United this year at some point. That's my prediction. I, I'd like it to be away because I've never been to watch Bolton at Old Trafford. Really? Um, yeah, so I would like us to play them away. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's my prediction. We'll get Man United at some point. I'll take that. I've not, not done a game at Old Trafford for a while. Okay, right. Well, before we... Sign off. Uh, we've got a new song penned by our uh, Trotters Tchaikovsky. Um, and that's Simon Woods. Uh, just a reminder for everybody to join me on Match Day Live this weekend for the Lincoln game on the Bolton News website. It's a special pre-match stream, um, which is going to be launched about 12 o'clock. I'll put the, the details out on social media. Building up to the game, all our predictions uh, for the new season, where you think Ian Everett still needs to make signings, what you think to the prices of pies, anything anything you like, really. Um, start that about noon, like I say, um, and I'm going to put it out on Twitter, I'm going to put it out on Facebook Live, um, and hopefully the links will all be there on the Bolton Wanderers website as well. So um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to start it all over again. It never stops. Football never stops. Always happening all the time. Yep, it does. I, I ble- like bless my wife. She was when the cricket finished this week. She was like, "Oh, thank God for that. You've just been watching it all summer." And I went, "Yeah, I, it'd be a shame if another sport started again on Saturday." And then it dawned on her that she's got nine months of uh, Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and a kid to 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 handle as yes. well, which is it's going to be a big season for you, mate. It is. I, um, you know, we've decided on a name. Uh, we're having a little go. We've decided on a name. I was pushing and pushing and pushing to have the child called Wanda after Wanderers, but unfortunately, uh, she hasn't. She hasn't accepted that. So. Yeah, yeah. I've read too many books for that to uh, to to work. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm having that. Uh, no, uh, you're not. You're not going to put us out of misery. What's What's the options? Because we can have a vote. We can put it to the buff readers. Uh, oh, to... you. You know what? I think my, my wife would kill me if I if I even hinted at what her name could be. But uh, yeah, I I did think if it was called Wonder, if she were called Wonder, then we'd get you know we would get in the Bolton news, wouldn't we? You'd, you'd, Without a doubt. photographer would come round and would be sat on the couch going, uh, podcast the names child after Bolton Wanderers. It get us in the local paper, but you know she don't want that. She don't want to budge on that. Yeah, it's Buffy, by the way. It's Buffy. Taught me off air. Everybody, (laughs) uh, right. Okay, that's it for this week. Take it away, Simon.